Welcome to the Small Business Leadership Podcast. I'm Jason Johnson. And I'm Tom Patton. There are more than 30 million small businesses in the United States alone, which accounts for nearly all U.S. businesses. But what does it take to be successful in a small business? On this podcast, we talk with small business owners and others about leadership and what it takes to be successful as an entrepreneur. And my guest today is Nan Kramer, president of Avenue CFO Services. And Nan, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. My pleasure. Let's talk first about your background. Uh, Tell me how you came to be who you are. Okay. Well, I have a background in finance. I started my career with Pricewaterhouse. Um, I I got my CPA and um, I was with Pricewaterhouse for quite some time. And then I moved into corporate America. And um, during my career, I've been, I've I've worked with many large corporations. I've been uh, CFO, treasurer, controller. And um, I spent the bulk of my career with publicly held businesses. And about 10 years ago, I decided I really enjoyed working with entrepreneurs. And I, left the corporate world and started my own consulting business. And since then, I've been working as a part-time CFO. I've done some interim CFO work, but uh, really what I enjoy doing is really working with entrepreneurs and helping them get the most out of their own business and, and from a financial standpoint. So really helping them direct their efforts and identify what are the keys with their own business. What's the difference between a CFO, a a chief financial officer, and an accountant for a business? Well, accountants are are very necessary, Um, but they generally are there to kind of record transactions. So they would be uh, the ones that would uh, keep the books, um, maintain the books, and record the transactions. So there's there's certain rules that, that need to be followed there as well. Um, but they don't necessarily help with the strategic direction. And that's where the CFO would come in. That's where I would come in and where I help entrepreneurs is really, how do I interpret these numbers? So sometimes entrepreneurs are not really savvy in terms of looking at the, the numbers that they generate on their own business. They're really good usually at, at their craft. So what, um, what I do is I help them with their strategy on how to move forward and how to achieve what they want to achieve in their, in their business and in their life. Do you have employees or are you a sole proprietor? I am a sole proprietor. Um, I will engage um, other people to help. I I have a bookkeeper that I usually use, but uh, if businesses have their own bookkeeper, that's fine too. And um, I I call in other professionals as needed. Why do some companies need a part-time chief financial officer? Well, generally, they're not big enough to support or or need a large or or a full-time CFO. Uh, That's a full-time salary, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I can perform the CFO uh, job, basically, for probably what it would cost normally to support an administrative assistant. So 
it I, I can oversee the finances. I can watch what the bookkeeper does. I can watch what the, what the business owner does. But um, if it's a smaller company in the, I'm going to say in the revenue range of a million to 30 million, even up to 50 million, there may not be a need for a full-time person in that role, but you definitely need the person that has the financial acumen that can talk the language to the business owner that is needed to help move the business owner forward. It seems interesting that in this world of, of a growing what they call gig economy, you wouldn't normally think of somebody in a CFO role being somebody that you would just bring in on an as-needed basis and have them do the work for you. Has that been a, a challenge for you to talk with business owners about why they need your services? Uh, to some extent, to some extent, um, oftentimes business owners believe that they've got a bookkeeper and that's all they need. Um, when I, it's interesting because when I've talked to other, I've talked to business owners sometimes over several months or even a year. And then after they finally engage me, they're like, oh man, I should have done this years ago. So it's, they don't, they don't know what they don't know. Um, and the reason that I can come in and they will engage me on a part-time basis is I do first learn a little bit about their business. I couldn't sell their business, but right. I can certainly understand the financials that generate their, their results. And I can help guide them along. And so I, I get the, you know, I'll get a call like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this, this strategy. What do you think? And so we, we talk through it. What would it mean in terms of the financial results? And do they have the resources to, to, to achieve what they're trying to achieve? How long would it take? Um, and so we, I, I become their, their trusted advisor. I always say I like to lock arms with the business owner. And um, they, you know, they know that they can pick up the phone at any point in time and ask me questions. But at the same time, I'm going to be there um, as often as they need me, you know, I, I work with most clients on a, on a monthly basis. We touch base, we review their financials together, and, and um, I, I prepare reports to board of directors. And um, I, I really help them analyze their results before they have to get in front of somebody to, to provide the results. Do you work on a retainer basis or on an hourly basis like an attorney, or how does that work? Generally, retainer basis. Uh, I've done I've done some work on an hourly basis. I have one client that right now it works out to to their advantage to have me in on an hourly basis. But w where the retainer is useful is so that the business owner doesn't sit there and say, "Oh man, is this is this worth paying the extra money?" If it's a retainer, it's like absolutely, just pick up the phone. So um, actually, it, the, my clients usually prefer a retainer mm -hmm. for that reason, because then they know I'm, I'm available 24-7 and, and they're not reluctant or they don't have to think about, well, should I, do I want to spend that extra hourly fee right now? So, um, and, and my hourly fee is nothing compared to a legal hourly <laughs> fee, but still it, it can sometimes... Um, a business owner might think about it. 
So talk about the services that you offer. I think the best way for me to describe that is the services, the way I do provide them. Um, when I when I first start working with a client, um, we talk about, okay, why are you thinking about bringing me in? What are the issues in your business? Um, and where where are you today? And what why did you go into business? What are you trying to achieve in your business? And are you close to that goal? Um, usually when you get close to any goal, you make a new goal. But um, I, I'm usually talking to business owners that say, well, yeah, I'm not making what I want to make, or I'm not, um, I w- I'm not achieving what I want to achieve in my business. And we just talk about that. When I first, and then when, when they engage me and we start working together, I will look at their financials, assess their financials, usually look at um, tax returns and any budgets that they may have done and understand even the, some of the issues that they have. I usually hear about employee issues and they're not sure what to do about it. And, and so we talk about that as well. But then what I, what I then try to do is go through their, num- their financials determine what they are making on a gross profit basis, but then really what are the fixed costs in their business so that when they wake up day one of every month, they have to at least be able to cover all of these fixed costs, which includes their own pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do you do that? And I, and I equate that, I, I usually can back into it, but we, we end up creating metrics that the business owner actually then can can follow. Um, it doesn't do any good to say, well, I'm gonna grow my, my revenue by X percent this year. Uh, that has no meaning to it. But if I have um, 15 clients today that are paying me on a retainer basis, I want 20, mm-hmm. how do you do that? And what does that mean on the bottom line? And so we can, usually then look at it from that perspective. So the the different strategies that a business owner might use, uh, if I make these sales, we generally, if you're selling a product, you're also achieving a certain gross profit on that product. So we, we talk about how many of these things do you need to do in order to achieve the results that you're looking for. Do you often run into resistance from the people that you're working with when you make a recommendation that it's something that they just don't want to do or don't think is necessary? And and then how do you convince them sometimes that, okay, you might think that, but here is why I think you need to do these things. I'll tell you, um, I don't think I've ever re- bumped into that. Um, the business owners that I'm working with and that I have worked with over the many years are usually extremely appreciative. They're like, oh, I never looked at it that way before. Wow. And so they're usually wowed by looking at their business from this perspective because all their accountant has ever given them is a ton of numbers. And mm-hmm. but by but what what I can do with them is make it more meaningful. I I always say the numbers have to talk to you. They have to come alive. And um, so then they, now they know the parts of their financials and and I can usually set them up so that they can see that on a go forward basis. 
what am I achieving net of my direct costs? And then what are all my fixed costs? Um, there are some that I have an ability to, I, the business owner is what I'm saying, mm-hmm. speaking from the business owner's perspective. There are some that I have ability to influence and change, but then there are just some that I'm, I'm kind of stuck. I can't really change that, um, like rent or even certain payroll costs right. are there, um, insurance, that type of thing. And um, so we, we talk about it and I really have... Usually it's the total opposite reaction I get is like, oh, thank God. I Now I know what to do. And they're very, very appreciative. And that's when I usually get, I should have hired you years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's really, uh, that's, that's a compliment. I take it as a compliment. Do you find that a lot of times the clients that come to you are struggling in their business or are they just looking to grow their business? Yes and yes. I would okay. say... I would say um, a little bit of both. Again, when a business owner just has a bookkeeper, they realize some, oftentimes they realize I need an advisor that can help me interpret all of the numbers. Um, Where I've run into some resistance is business owners whose spouse keeps the books. And so (laughs) they they don't have quite as much uh, ability to, to say, well, I need somebody else to help. And that's probably the, the only area where, where I've, I've hit a little bit of resistance with a business owner engaging my services. But when, after they do, it's even the spouse says, oh yeah, that's good. That's, I'm glad we brought Nan in. But um, some businesses will, will call me because they're struggling. Some will call because they know that they need that higher level strategic uh, assistance. And so they know that they're not going to be able to move their business. Maybe they've been fighting their own resources for years and they realize I I need help. Talk about your customer acquisition process. How do you, how do you acquire your customers? It is totally word of mouth right now. Mm -hmm. A referral business. I'm usually referred by, by current clients or even by trusted advisors. So um, I've, I've had bankers uh, introduce me to clients. I've had um, attorneys. I've had CPAs uh, where the tax, they do the tax work and they, they know they, that the client needs help. <laughs> so, right. so they'll recommend that they bring me in. And um, I think because I work well, it, it's interesting the business owner can't always communicate with their CPA firm and explain this is the issue we're facing. And so it, it I, I've found that the business owner is usually very appreciative that I can actually talk that same language. So I know what they need and I can communicate it in a better way to their CPA firm instead of mumble and fumbling and not really getting the result that they're looking for. So there's a language to being a CFO that is helpful in communicating with other people who are in the monetary end of businesses? Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, because I know, I know enough of the tax law to make me dangerous, but I, <laughs> I will, I do not want to do taxes. It's not something I'm interested in, but I think I know enough about what they, what, 
tax accountants need on an on a monthly on an annual basis and we can make sure that we support the business owner i brought i brought one business owner into a cpa introduced him to a cpa and um cpa said well you know you really could benefit from uh, a certain type of uh a a safe harbor 401k plan. And they had never even considered that. Yeah. Um, and so it was interesting. The CPA could see things that would work in their business. And, but they didn't even know how to ask those questions before we, we met with the CPA. And uh, so we brought in someone who's, who's good at that and, and introduced this business owner to a new financial resource and you know it was a whole new world for them <laughs> they're like oh man <laughs> i'm meeting all these people that i never knew existed before but we really got their business off to a great start and um I, i'm going to tell you that's a good news story for yeah. for me as well because they this this particular business really embraced the advice that i had given her and Within a year, she tripled her, her net income. And it was really awesome to, to watch. And it was just because she, she changed some of the things that she was doing. And um, it, it made a lot of sense for her. We are talking with Nan Kramer, president of Avenue CFO Services on the Small Business Leadership Podcast. We're going to take a short break and talk more with Nan in just a moment. The Small Business Leadership Podcast is made possible by Broadreach Communications and Marlin Consulting Solutions. Marlin Consulting Solutions designs and builds dynamic and professional websites for businesses and organizations looking to grow their presence online. Their web design services provide the client with an awesome online presence, solves marketing and technical challenges, and helps you reach more customers to drive growth. Find them online at marlincs.com. Broadreach Communications provides professional communication services for small businesses that need those services but do not need a full-time communications director. They provide website content ranging from news and blog posts to podcasts and company newsletters. Broadreach Communications can help you stay in touch with existing customers and reach new ones. Find them online at broadreach.biz. Welcome back to the Small Business Leadership Podcast. I'm Tom Patton, and we're talking with Nan Kramer, president of Avenue CFO Services. Nan, tell me who have been your influences in business. I I think just on other entrepreneurs that are successful. Um, the the business community that I'm part of of a whole group of small business leaders and it's really awesome to watch how other business leaders actually lead and lead teams and, um, and are able to really promote their business in a way that, that resonates with a client base. Wow. Uh, and, and we, we help each other. So it's, it's sort of a, um, a mentorship with each other. And I think there's, I can't point my finger at one or two business leaders that have truly um, shaped my 
my business or even my ability to move forward. Uh, it's, it's just throughout my career, I've seen how businesses work and I've seen how big businesses work. Right. And, and I can bring that same financial acumen to a small business. And the entrepreneurs are the ones that have incredible energy and, and really incredible vision. And if, if they try one thing and then, and then something else, they think about something else, it's like, well, let me try that. And it's, it's just um, really refreshing to see uh, whereas in bigger businesses, sometimes they get bogged down in process. Right. The small business and the entrepreneurs don't get so much bogged down in the process. They, they need implementers. They're often the visionary of their business and they need an implementer. And um, I, I, I think I just... I just take my energy from their energy and we work together. What was it like for you to make that leap from working in corporate America, very stable, uh, a regular paycheck to saying, you know what, I, I want to do this for myself as opposed to for somebody else. I, I don't think I knew what I was getting into. Tom. Um, <laughs> None of us does. <laughs> um, it became pretty scary right, right from the beginning. Um, I was fortunate, though, because I did have a couple of friends out there and they're like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm doing this and that. And I had um, a private equity firm give me a phone call, a, a, print, a partner there. And he said, well, look, at, we, I know you have this um, in your background. It was a call center business. We just, we just bought a call center business and nobody knows anything about call center. And I know you do. So would you mind helping us out? So I said, okay, for a two month period that turned into 13 months. Okay. And it seemed that that's what happened when I first stepped out on my own, that I was getting engaged on larger projects that were longer term. Um, and it got, it gave me time then to really figure out where I wanted to be. And so where I want to be now is I figured it out. I want to be with the smaller to medium-sized businesses mm -hmm. where I can help them, where I can be really influential with a business owner to improve their business, generate the results that they're looking for and really help guide them along. We, you know, we get involved in pricing right. and we get involved in, do I have the right employees on staff? Do I have the right balance in my business? And we really strategize over every single piece of the business. Am I in the right location? Um, just all kinds of, of different types of um, elements of every business. What in your mind makes for a good entrepreneur? Not necessarily a successful entrepreneur because all good entrepreneurs are not successful all the time, but what makes for a good entrepreneur? I'd say someone that really does understand their financial results, or at least listens to the people that do. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, we have uh, generally when I first start working with a with a business, I'll look at I'll help them with a cash flow model, and right. they're like, "Oh my gosh, they didn't understand." I get cash in the door, and but they're they're focused on I made the sale. 
but they're not as much focused on when do I get the cash. Right. And so we go through those discussions. And I would say an entrepreneur that does understand the details of their business, but also is the visionary, uh, is the successful entrepreneur. You really still have to understand the details that drive your business. I'm reminded of the old Jimmy Buffett song where he says, sometimes I wish I was back in my crash pad days before I knew what cash flow meant. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Before I had to know what cash flow meant, right? Exactly. Yeah. So Nan, what have you learned from about entrepreneurship from the clients that you've worked with? Very, they're very passionate. Um, Entrepreneurs are very passionate about their business. And they're passionate about their clients as well. They um, entrepreneurs realize that they're in business to provide a service to whoever their client is. And that's extremely important. You're not in business for anyone other than who you serve. And that's that's really key. And um, they serve their clients better when they're a healthy business and they've got uh, enough wherewithal to to last, to maybe offer um, incentives for their own client base. But their entrepreneurs serve lots of different factions. They serve their employees. Right. They, and, and so does every company. But an entrepreneur who's usually one or two business owners they need to understand this very, very clearly. Uh, they, don't, they don't have a lot of room to make mistakes. They don't have a huge ability for financing if they make a mistake. So they've got to they've really think through and usually implement gradually right. so that they're not caught without an ability to, to support the new project that they've just decided that they're going to pursue. Um, So, you know, the entrepreneurs have to be cautious, but they can be cautiously optimistic. Right. And, um, and really assess the different directions that they go. What kind of challenges did you run into in this past year? Did you get a lot of phone calls from clients when uh, businesses started to close down, when clients might have started to dry up uh, from people that say, what do I do now from a financial perspective? Yes. And, you know, this past year, the PPP loan program Mm -hmm. was a lifesaver for many businesses. Uh, Unfortunately, it wasn't long enough. They didn't get a second one, which would have been useful also because nobody thought that this... uh, the pandemic was going to last as long as it has the effect on a lot of businesses. Um, but what we what we did when they did get their PPP funds, the smart businesses sat back and said, all right, these have to last. Right. And what are the changes that I need to make in my business to, to survive? And there were several businesses that pivoted. They're, you know, restaurants, we all know, all of a sudden they did a ton of takeout work. Well, they, they, some businesses were not set up that way before they had to learn how to do that. Some businesses became uh, hand sanitizer (laughs) companies (laughs) and 
they happen to have the uh, the raw materials that could they could use for that. Mm-hmm. And so they all of a sudden started doing that. A lot of face masks were produced by a lot of different companies. So by pivoting, okay, the times are changing. I can't do what I was doing before the way I was doing it. I have to do this instead. So that's the other thing with entrepreneurs. They're usually fairly nimble and can make changes like that. Uh, without, without having, you don't have to, you know, engage in, in getting permission from 50 different people. You make the decision yourself. Have some of those strategies from the pivots turned into what can be long-term strategies for some of these businesses? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I've talked to several businesses that said this was the best year of my entire business. Mm. So it's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. In one sense, it forced them to look at what they were doing. And so they set up different processes. They set up different vendor uh, agreements and different, um, you know, even their landlords, all, you know, all their, all their, um, all the the different areas of their business, they now had 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 to actually relook at every single contract they had their whole supply chain and a lot of companies change their supply chain mm-hmm. and it's working better than it did before. So really interesting. Um, I'm sure that there are several that, that didn't do as well, mm-hmm. but it was, it's been interesting to me that I've gotten a lot of, of companies that said, I, you know, this was the best year that I've ever had. Wow. I, and I've worked with other, I'm working with other clients that their client base said, oh, I'm, I'm going to have to just hold on these projects that I had promised to do with you. So now mm-hmm. they're there. So my clients say, sitting there saying, oh, my gosh, um, COVID is a real could be a real problem for my business. But they went out and they found other clients. And it's just really been an eye opener, I think, for a lot of businesses because they they didn't think they could do things differently, but they could and they can and they are. Nan, we're just about out of time, but I wanted to ask what advice you might have for people who want to start their own business, both from your perspective as a business owner and as a person who assists other entrepreneurs. Uh, It's extremely gratifying to be in a position to be able to help businesses succeed and to help business owners identify the resources that they have in their business that they may not realize how to use them. And um, my advice would be, if you've got the passion to go forward, you're not afraid to talk to people (laughs) because you have to talk to a lot of people and they have to know you. They Mm -hmm. have to know who you are and that you exist. So you have to be willing to get out there and, and talk to people and, most people are very, very inviting, and um, it, it's it's a ton of fun to to be be have have that flexibility and and freedom to run your own business um, and work with really good people. Well, Nan, thank you very much for taking some time to talk with us today. It's been interesting, and uh, best of luck. And we'll see you around Chamber of Commerce events. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Take care then.
The Small Business Leadership Podcast is produced by Marlin Consulting Solutions and Broadreach Communications. Be sure to join us for the next edition of the Small Business Leadership Podcast. And remember to look for the opportunity in every challenge. I'm Tom Patton.